Don't compare us to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually petty radio on the stereo Don't compare us to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order And you are now tuned in to another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJ's Radio Network. Come on, man, y'all already know, man, it's legends only around this way, and today is absolutely no exception. We have unquestionably one of the dopest motherfuckers to ever grace Detroit, let alone Exit 9, man. Courtney Bell, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining the conversation. How you doing, bro? How's your Oh, man. Peace to God, man. All is well, man. I appreciate the introduction. Yo, bro, you are nice, nice. Like, that's that's not hyperbole. Nah, gratitude, man. It took time to get here, and I feel like I'm I'm really just getting started. I'm, I'm like, just getting my feet wet, I feel like, musically. Yo, man. Okay, so... Why the three years, bro? Um, matter of fact, matter of fact, let me ask you this: Was okay. the burden of honesty too heavy in hip hop for you? No, I actually got to a space to where I was compelled to tell the truth. I was compelled to paint those murals of my reality of what was going on. Because, granted, like I started off as a street rapper, I started off heavy in the gang bang and heavy in everything that came with the streets, and then. I found the first level of what people deem to be God to them. And um, that started my journey on converting my pen over. And that's when I noticed like, damn, like I can really spit. Like this not just like regular rap. So um, for me, it wasn't that it was a, it was a burden. I took the three years away, um, granted because my grandmother had passed. So, you know, she was like a mother to me. Like that was my, that was like my best friend. So like, Watching her transition so suddenly, I felt like I left. I felt like I left Earth, and music wasn't important to me. Like that, that kick started my spiritual journey, my spiritual awakening, and activated healing for me. And you feel me? It just made me dive inward. And through that process of being away from the three years, I still recorded music, of course. Some shit I loved, some shit I didn't like. Um, and I found a divine median between consciousness and street rap. And I feel like one of the best guys to ever do that was Tupac. And somebody that I studied after him was like Nipsey. Like just just yeah. them all, all authentically being themselves and embodying hip hop at the same time. So, you know, that, that three-year hiatus was really just for me to spiritually find myself and for me to find myself as a man as well. Like, I feel like I'm just now stepping into my manhood. So, I'm thankful for that. I mean, you was making some. Okay, first off, if you're not from Detroit, you, 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 I don't know how to adequately make you understand Joy Road. For sure. Like, 
I don't get off at exit nine, bro, unless I absolutely <laughs> fucking got to. <laughs> and my mother stays off a of warning in Southfield. Well, she used mm-hmm. to rest her soul. You know, so I'm not going to the murder Mac under no circumstances. No doubt. I seen T Grizzly had a thing on Joy Road at the Coney. I'm yeah. like, nigga, why why would you do that on Joy? Like, that's the hood, man. Like, nigga, that's what I'm thinking, though. Like, fuck yeah. that, nigga. Nah, nah, that's the hood. And you, and you know what? Just to speak to that, like, you know, it's it's certain guys, man, that got, like, a high level of respect in our neighborhood. Granted, thankfully, um, I'm one of them. So it's like, if you're not from the hood, if you're not from the nine, like, so many people view the hood as, like, treacherous. And to us, this is every day. Which kind of, which can't kind of be messed up, but it's like you know, if you if, if you're really from there, like I still pull up to the murder back. Like whenever I'm in the hood, if I gotta go to the gas station, that's the gas station I'm going to. And it's like if you're from over there, that's every day to us. And then if you're not from over there and you're not known over there, then anything can happen to you at any given time. So it's like yeah. I get your perspective on it, but you know that's yeah. the that's the neighborhood, cool. man. That's where we grew up at. I'm cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but be, before the uh, like I went down when when. Rita hit me up and was like, all right, we're going to get bro on the show. Had never heard of you. I'm going to be quite honest. What's up? Then I start listening. Then I start listening every day. Going to work. And then I start listening every day coming home. And then I just start turning shit on while I'm at the crib. No like, doubt. Gratitude. It ain't just the pen. It's it's the, the beat selection. It's the topic selection. It's the honesty. Like your song, Memory. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you that asking, song, bro? Yeah. Why, like, like, why I created it? Yeah. Why, what? I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, why? Why so much honesty? Do we deserve that? Um, I feel like that's something that hip hop is missing, and I feel like we're going back into that space because, like, niggas is tired of hearing the same old gun bars. Niggas is tired of hearing the same coochie popping, and you know, no disrespect to the ones that do rap that, but it's like that shit is oversaturated now. And it's to the point where, like, a lot of our, a lot of our little brothers and sisters, and even us, shit, we overstimulated by all of the bullshit to the point where the real shit not getting an ear like it used to. But I honestly feel the shift. So with the memory record, I've always been a person that's been vulnerable with my pen um, to the best of my ability. But with the three year hiatus, I've gotten way more vulnerable. I've, I'm figuring out ways to speak about topics that are heavy but doing it from the perspective of the streets at the same time and not losing integrity with it so with memories being somebody that is good with narrating a story and telling a story with my pen i wanted to mix my truth into it but also make it relatable to where it's like we've all had that one that got away or we've all had that one that got us to the level that we're at now when we're no longer together so that 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 love that you once had does turn into memories and I wanted to create that record. And the idea was really from my executive producer, Pay Cash. He came to me with the beat and we were in the studio together and just shooting the shit, going back and forth with each other. And that's how the record came about. Like he actually pushed me to push my pen and craft, like as far as like my cadences and how that record even came about. So that record came about because of him, for sure. I was just the one that put the pen to the paper. What's he think about it? Um, you know what? I don't I don't speak with her anymore, so I'm I'm honestly not too sure. Hmm. But I, I I do honestly feel like you know she still tapped into everything that I'm doing um, musically and just you know because we got mutual people. I haven't spoken to her in years, but I'm sure she heard the record and knew who it was for. 
or what who it was about, not who it was for, because the record wasn't like for her. Yeah. But it was like a like a farewell message. Yeah. Like like I hope all is well with you, but I want to let you know that you know you got I me to this space music. I appreciate you, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. The the, the one about baby mamas too, man. I, I felt that one. You know, um, you got one. I don't know if it's on the commandments. I think it's on the commandments where there's a brother. It sounds like it's a prison interview. Oh nah, that's uh. That's uh, poverty stricken, and that is the record probably commissary. That's exactly what it is, because you got uh, I think letter to the game after that. I think that's the name of yep. it. Yeah. Um, but you, it, yep. it's like mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah, boy yeah, commissary. It's like oh boy is saying yeah, oh, um, dude just woke up one day and said I'm done. And that, oh that's like, yeah 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 okay okay I think you're talking about the skit on commissary. I was about to say that's um. That's my little cousin Marmar. That's T Grizzly little brother on commissary. Oh, wow! Really? Yep, yep, yep. That's that was that was a conversation me and him had. Like, and that's how that record even came about because you know right before Marmar had got locked up for the first for the first time when he just did his first bid, like me and him was together every day. Like I put mm -hmm. him in the studio. I pushed him to get in the studio and rap before um, he had did his first prison bid, and um, me, me and him was having a conversation while I was creating the poverty stricken album and when i heard the beat to that record it was like damn this this fits like i have to tell your story because this story is not just yours it, it's every impoverished kid it's every black boy it's every brown boy that it, that that didn't have a proper guidance it sounds almost like your story with hip-hop though mm. at, at least the part where where he was like my man was getting it my man was getting all types of work he was doing great Life is good for all of us, the whole team eating, and he wakes up one day and just like, fuck it, I'm done, bro. Yep. And niggas didn't believe him, and he was just done. They're like, we never seen this shit before. No doubt. And a nigga never went back. He's like, most niggas usually dabble a little bit, and I've seen that. Niggas are quit, but they really don't quit. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I lost a friend like that, you know, um, but... It, it parallels kind of what happened with you with hip hop. It seems to me, and I'm I, I don't know, but it seems to me like you just woke up one day and was like, I, I, I'm done. Yeah, and you and, and you know what? Just being even more vulnerable, um, you know, we did a a, a one off potential with an, another. I mean, a, a one off with a potential of an option with RCA Records. Shout out to Mark Pitts and just learning about how the industry operates. Um, I had gotten to a space to where spiritually I was distraught, um, mentally I was I was drained, um, emotionally I was immature, so I wasn't aware of how to navigate and how to move at that level of business. Mm -hmm. And my, uh, my my business partners didn't fully know how to operate at that level either, so I had gotten to a space with everything where it was like, fuck this, like, I'm gonna go back to the block, like, I'm gonna go back to do what I know how to do, what I know pays me at the end of the day, because at that point in time, like, I still hadn't seen a rap check for music, like, music wasn't paying my bills at that current time in my life, so, um, me taking that break was by far, like, one of the best things that I've ever done, because I, I, I've been able to watch the game change, I've watched people come and go, I've watched mm -hmm. new talents rise, and I've watched the the attention span of the people switch because like before Man. I dropped the poverty stricken project like you can drop a project like two projects a year 
and like it would be good like that's considered great now because our attention span is so short and we have to be stimulated so fast niggas is dropping projects every month because you will hear a project and also because the substance isn't it could be that the substance isn't heavy enough for me to know like okay i need to digest this this is not like trash though niggas dropping trash i can agree I can agree. I haven't heard nothing in the past, like maybe like year. I didn't. I didn't heard a few records, and like as far as like a, like a complete body of work that I heard, that was just like, damn, I fuck with it. The last project that I heard like that was probably Kendrick's project. Actually, and I, I tell people, man, Peasy shit was that was that for me, at least out the city mm-hmm. for this year. Peasy had a very cohesive project. And, His last and, body of work, right? Yes. The, the last, last body of work, Peasy for sure. I'll give it to Peasy. That body of yeah. work was well put together. Yeah, it, it was very, it was Detroit, but not the same wave that everybody else is on. Mm-hmm. You know, so what you got cracking next year, though? Oh, man, everything starts in three weeks for me, man. So, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of, lot of work in behind closed doors. I have three bodies of work ready to fire up. So within those three years, I started to dive deep into psychedelic healing. I started to dive into therapy. I started to unwind childhood traumas and become fully aware of myself and my habits and subconscious patterns and just everything that's tied to healing. I started to become aware of it. And um, through me doing the psychedelic healing sessions with the mushroom, I um, started to create music like at a very fast and high rate. And I started to notice like after like maybe like 10 records in like a week or two, I'm like, damn, these records are low key, like in sequence with each other. Like I started to pray to God, like, what am I, what am I creating here? And w- whatever it is that I'm creating, like give me the vision for it because I feel like a lot of these records are album, like, you know, are album worthy. Like I'm actually mm-hmm. telling a narrative. The substance is heavy. The, the, the cadences, the flows, the lyricism, like it's top tier. And, um, you know, I ended up creating a project and, you know, that's going to come out the second quarter of next year. But I ended up losing my Instagram this year um, for like four to five months. And I wasn't fully sure that I was going to get it back. I I felt and knew I was going to get it back. But Instagram had deactivated my page for four months because I was supposed to drop this year. But me losing my page for those four, four to six months, like I lost time that I couldn't get back. Yeah. So I'm in a space now of building my algorithm back up because you know how it is. Just like music and everything is oversaturated, so is the social media platform. And like content is king right now. So I'm working on getting just getting back into building my algorithm up now that I got my Instagram back. So the what's coming for 2024 is a lot of music, a lot of content, um, a lot of seriousness this time because I've I figured out my purpose in this space. Because so many times, like, I've, I've never really done a comparisons like that, but I've mm-hmm. always had moments with myself internally where it's like, damn, is what I'm called to do within this music space, is this going to sustain me and open doors for not only myself, but my team and my family? Like, can we take it to the level Kendrick or Cole took it to? Because I know I can rap at that level, but it's like, musically, what am I missing? And... You know, I'm still figuring that out day to day, and it's all internal with me. It's it's all limiting beliefs and stuff like that with myself. So, um, 2024, I'm proving to myself 
and to my team that, you know, we gonna we gonna break through the stratosphere. Because I got a lot of music from everybody. Say it again. What's the Royce connection? Um, man, Royce, that's the big homie. Um, me and Royce been knowing each other. We met each other through his brother Vicious. So I had a relationship with Vicious way before Royce. So me and Vicious would always kick it, chop it up with each other, always chop it up about music and all of that. And when I started to go through my spiritual journey, my awakening and all of that, um, at that point in time, this was like right after uh, poverty stricken. So I just got into a space where like I, I was rapping like with precision and Vicious had said something to Royce about me. Royce knew who I was already, but he wasn't tapped into me fully. So from there, Royce ended up mentioning to me on the live of Lupe Fiasco. A bunch of people tagged me. I jumped on the live, seen it. And then um, some time went on. Me and him started to connect with each other and chopping it up with each other or whatever. And then the big homie Street Lord Juan actually said something to him, too. The big homie Street Lord Juan was like, yo, you and Courtney will, like, do damage together because, like, he's the bridge between the younger generation and the older generation because, you know, the OGs, man, they come from an era of real rap. The, the, the fat killers, the proofs, the dealers, like our that that era of rap was real rap. The King Gordy's like all of them was like Trust real me, rap. Yeah. You feel me? So like I, I, I come up under that. I come up under the fat killers. Like I grew up around them. I grew up around Gordy. Like I grew up around a lot of the OGs in the game. So like me me looking up to them is what like shaped my pen and got me into this rap space. So once Royce um, and Juan had said something, me and Royce just started chopping it up with each other more and more. And it wasn't even about music. It was just all real life shit. Like just I would confide in him and kick it with him as a as a big homie because that's how I looked to him. And over time, my producer, executive producer, his name paid cash. He came up with the idea like, yo, you should hit Royce because now at this point in time, like I have my first body of work like as a complete thought. So the initial plan was like, man, I want to pull up on Royce, get his opinion, get some critique in, figure out how can I make this project better. And my producer, Pay Cash, was like, you should hit him and just see if he should, if he's open to executively producing this body of work with you okay. and like really coming in. So, you know, that's the short, long story of how me and him got connected and shit, how we still tied in today. Because, you know, he got his hands and uh, he got his hands in his first body of work that we going to put on. Okay. And I'm sorry, my dog upstairs. Right no, now. no, no, no. You good? You good? <laughs> Nigga's going crazy. Uh, yo, um, what's a fruitarian? Um, okay. So a fruitarian is just one who practices eating only electric foods, but the electric foods isn't like vegetables; it's fruit only. And you can sustain off of just fruit. Almost definitely. I've been doing it. I've been practicing it full term since January. So, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's I didn't hear of it. I didn't hear of it fully instead until I really started to dive deep. Because like every year from like January to April, I do a ninety day to one hundred and twenty day cleanse with myself and just detoxing because I naturally plant based and been vegan for the past like nine years. So I haven't had meat, dairy, none of that stuff in nine years. Um, and I had gotten to a space to where it was like, I'm an extremist in my mind, too, and a perfectionist. So it was like, I'm, I'm thriving for pushing my body to its limit, whether it's fasting, whatever it is. 
And I had just gotten to a space to where it was like every time January come around and I do my cleanse, I just go raw and do some juices. And it's like, ah, I feel good. And I thought I knew what optimal health felt like um, at that level until this recent past year in January, I did the fruit tear. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually trying to do all the fruit for 90 days and see what it do. And within 30 days, like but between 23 to 30 days, I really started to experience um real breakthroughs with myself, like real mental clarity. Like my body started to shed in a way that I've never experienced it. So I went all the way up until like April 12th. And then I started to integrate foods and stuff back into my diet. And when I started to eat food, like I would get sick. And this is vegan food, plant-based food that I'm preparing at the end of the day. Um, my body started to resist it and kick it off. So I'm like, you know what? All right, I'm gonna go back to the fruit and see how you know how I work, how I go. And I went back to the fruit and, you know, I have to do cooked foods now, like every blue moon. Yo, that's wild. Yeah. What was it that led to the spiritual journey? And and are you an Israelite? Um, where, where I am currently in my spiritual journey, I will always say we are the aboriginals of this land. Um, okay. we, we are the creator's chosen people. But when it comes to labeling and all of that, and it's and this is only because like I've been doing research beyond a label. Okay. Um, so like conforming myself to a label and putting myself in a box, which is what I've done, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like I still got brothers that subscribe to Israelite, to, to being an Israelite. I got brothers that subscribe to being Moors. And if you go beyond that, then ancient Sumerians and what we were called before then, like, I know we are the creator's chosen people, so um, I stand on that. And what was the first question you asked me? What started the spiritual journey? Was it a, was it a moment or is it just a, a slow progression? Um, in all honesty, I've always been connected to the most high. I've always been connected to the creator, so it wasn't just like one specific moment. Mm -hmm. Well, it was one one specific moment where I can say I heard the creator clear for the first time ever in my life, which was around the time I was like 19 years old um, and I was at Michigan State. It happened around then, but I've always had a deep connection to the spirit room. I've always had a deep connection to spirits and being able to see them and communicate with them even when I was a kid and I didn't completely like understand what 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 I was experiencing. Um but yeah, I've 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 always had a connection to the creator. So at the age of like 19 was when I heard the creator's voice crystal clear. And um, the voice that I heard told me to drop out of school. And that started my journey on becoming plant-based and finding out at that point in time we were the Israelites and you know, all of those components like were were driving factors to get me to where I am now. So where are you at when God talks to you? I'm just curious and says drop out of school. Um, I was actually at school. No, like like nineteen, you, like Spartan Village, or you was in. No, nope, nope. At this time, this was my sophomore going into my junior year, so I was staying at Chandler Crossing at the time. Okay. And and that's in East Lansing, so um, I just woke up from a party. I mean, a party from a night of partying. I had a female in my crib, so I got her up, walked into her car, or whatever, came back into the crib. Because I don't think I had classes that day. So I ended up laying down and going back to sleep. And I heard go home, like real crystal clear, like real clear. I leaned up, looked around, because it felt like it came from outside of me. I'm like, all right, cool. 
I'm I'm tripping because I'm drinking and smoking at that time. This college life, so like I was I was turned. Yeah, I lay back down, go home. The conviction got stronger. I leaned up again, like all right, now I'm not tripping. If I hear this three times, like I'm going home for sure. I laid down and it came again. And when I heard the 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 voice say go home, I felt and heard it say like it's time. So I'm like, damn, it's time for what? Like, but I went home and over time, like I was fighting a case at that time, or I had just caught a case around that time. Um, around that, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I had already caught the case and I was fighting the case, or I had caught the case not too long, not too long after that. And I came home. I knew exactly what that go home meant. I knew it wasn't like I didn't battle back and forth with it. I knew exactly what the spirit was telling me to do. And I was obedient to it. So I came home from there, was fighting my case. And the second interaction that I had with the spirit, I was in a trap at the time. Um, and, you know, for those who don't know what the trap is, oh, I feel like everybody should know what the trap is. Yeah, but, you so. know, um, I was in a trap and my cousins were arguing. So like, we would do this weekly meetup about um, probably like once a week where, you know, we will give constructive criticism on each other and what we need to do better as young men and how we need to carry ourselves and how we need to come together and all of that. So we would do that once a week. And I remember sitting still and hearing the voice, like kind of like take my audio from me. Like I couldn't hear nothing. So I'm sitting there like, all right, I know I ain't tripping. Like I can't hear nothing. And I kind of black out when I'm sitting there. And when I come back to the only thing that I heard was, you know, niggas don't want to sacrifice. You know, niggas don't want to sacrifice. So when I heard that, like, tears started to come down my eyes. And I started to weep, like, damn near going to worship. And my homies and them looking at me like, bro, like, what is you doing? Like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, bro, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I need to get the hell out of here and I need to go to the crib. So I leave from there. I go home. At this time, I'm staying with my auntie Nisi. So I go in the house. I fall on my knees. And that was the first time in my life I had ever, like, surrendered my life, like, surrendered completely at that level um, to the creator. And I fell on my knees, like, God, creator, whoever you are, I feel you, and I know you are protecting me, and I know you are trying to get my attention. I surrender to you. I surrender. Like, I give up. I'm not running from it no more. Whatever this is, whatever you trying to do with me, I'm with it. And from that moment on, like, I started to dive deep into knowledge. Like, the, it's, it's like the universe... It's like the creator opened the universe of knowledge to me. So after that, I did like maybe like a year off of the radar, like probably like 20 from the ages of 21 to 22. Um, I didn't come outside at all. Like all I did was read books, watch videos. Um, around that time, I had just got hit to Dr. Sabi. I didn't know what a vegan was. I never heard of herbs before. None of that. So those those two pivotal moments kickstarted my journey into um, leading up to where I am now. And so what's your boys thinking? They like this nigga crazy? Oh yeah, no, for sure. My niggas thought I was crazy when I first started off. Like, like what you mean you're not eating meat? What you mean you're not eating dairy? Like, cause I came to them and I came to my family as I was studying, I still ate meat, I still ate certain things or whatever. And the spirit gave me the 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 strength, like, all right. And it wasn't planned. It was just, I woke up one day and was just like, I, I went around my family. This had to be around, like right before I stopped celebrating holidays or whatever. So it was like Thanksgiving. I celebrated Thanksgiving with my family. 
And then coming around, it started to get warm outside. And I was at my auntie crib and I pulled up over there because my uncle was like one of the best cooks in the family. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about uncle. I'm like, man, I think I'm about to leave this meat stuff alone, huh? And he like, what? Nephew, like you, what? What you mean you ain't gonna be eating meat? I'm like, I ain't gonna lie, that's why I'm over here. This is gonna be my last meal that I'm gonna eat a meat ever. And I'm never going back. Everybody looked at me like, man, you're gonna be back, bro. Ain't no way you're about to leave the meat alone, blah, 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 blah. And nine to ten years later, that was my last meal. Are you are you a competitive MC? Most definitely a competitive MC. You've done a lot of features. Is there anybody where you felt like, okay, yeah, they kind of got me? Simba. I didn't hear that one. Simba. No, 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 no. I didn't. I heard you. Oh, 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 I, I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Song. Yeah, no, nah, it's not out yet. It's on my project. Oh. Simba, Simba was the first one. And, and just like how the record even came about, I wasn't aware that we were going to expand and put other people on there. It was a record with just me and Royce. And, you know, he got an idea and was like, damn, what if we put, well, I just revealed a feature on the project. So he like, you know, what if we put Simba on there? And what if we put dot, dot, dot? I'm like, damn, that'd be crazy if we do that. But at that time, like, I I was at a space to where I felt like I had completed my thought with everything that I wanted to say on my project. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, I rapped. Like, I get to a space to where after albums and after, like, I put so much energy Damn, I'm sorry. It just kind of froze on us. My bad, bro. I'm not sure what happened, but it literally just froze on us. I'm going to take you off and see if that helps. Yeah, it just went black. I'm not sure it's his connection or whatever it happened. Boy, I tell you, man, the, 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 the whoever is out there is, is on my neck with this shit. Like, this is, oh, my God. Come on, man. Come on, man. Not with this. Come on, man. Not not not, not Simba. Let me. <laughs> Jeez, yo. Oh, okay, yeah. I think he got it now. All right, so hopefully he'll tap back in because that's crazy, yo. Yo, that's pretty fire, though. Him, Royce, and Simba on one song. Yeah, I got to hear this one. This is going to be something ridiculous, man. <laughs> Yo, um, and I want to say, first off, I want to say thanks to y'all for tuning in. Um, let's make sure we get the brother back on. And if you haven't liked, shared, or subscribed to the channel, please make sure you do that. Uh, and I, you know what? It, 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 I'm close. We, we are really close to the greatness. And I can tell, you know, uh, when shit starts just, just fucking up on you, that, that, that yeah. is the universe saying, hey, you close to greatness. Help all right, man, yeah. I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Okay, so, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like Simba was the first person ever. I mean, because Royce is like an alien when it comes to music, so it's never like, I know that came with time, and, you know, just being able to be up under him and study him and learn techniques and everything with my writing and how I push my pen. Simba, I... I, I won't I won't say Royce made me feel like that ever because Royce is in his own lane and I'm in my own lane. But for our generation, mm-hmm. Simba was the first person I heard that like made me rewrite a verse. But it was also like I said, like I I, I laid the verse as an idea, so I was never married to it. Mm-hmm. 
But when I heard his verse, when he sent me the verse back, you got the verse like, quickly. Yeah, it was like, oh <laughs> fuck no, nah. like ain't no way you about to come on my song and do this, bro. Like hell no, nah. <laughs> nah for real, cause I respect I, I respect real lyricism. Yeah. Um, and it's it, and it's only a few of us that keep that alive for the generation. You got a bunch of you got a bunch of guys that do the vibe music. Some niggas do the trap. Some niggas do records that's catered to women and all of that is healthy in the realm of hip hop. Um, but it's always been like those select few like Cole and Kendrick and Drake is that of their generation. And it's like for our generation, they're going to retire soon. So yeah. the industry has gotten to a space to where it's not about developing artists and developing talent. It's more so about, the streams is more so about a one hit song more than creating multiple hits with one artist. So, you know, like who do they pass the torch down to? Who, do, who, who does Drake give the torch to? Because yeah, you know, you can, you can co-sign a lot of these young artists that's, that's coming up, but do they really have the potential to stand in your shoes when you choose to step away from hip hop? Yeah. Although I so, know somebody that's going to take that, that, that is next up with the Drake spot. This cat out of uh, Milwaukee, Party of Four. Party of Four. Okay, I'm not hip to him. I got to do my research on him. Definitely the definitely the next Drake. Damn. Okay, Party of Four. Now I will say, from what I heard, first off, I I have yet to hear a song from Courtney Bell where I'm like, oh, that's trash. Damn, that mean a lot. And I, that I, mean I a lot. I, I mean, even my favorite MCs, I, I've, I've over the years, yeah, that bro, that's trash. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I will say that the joint you did with All Star Junior, I thought he got yeah. you a little. I thought he got you a little bit. On a um, on a uh, but but you know what? Jr. is like Jr. That's my brother. Jr. is he's like an alien with street rap too. That's so, exactly what it was. It was it was more of a style clash. Yeah, it was a style clash. A, didn't necessarily a pen clash. Yeah, it was a it was a style clash because like one thing that I've that I've done, which I don't do anymore, is um I'm from the block, first and foremost. Like I'm from the street. I got a history. I got a I got a reputation and I got heavy respect where I'm from. That's mm-hmm. cool. But when it comes to like the 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 street rap and all of that, I as I've grown and developed into a man, I used to find myself subconsciously feeling like I had to rap about the things that I've done in a way of the streets because I've done a lot out here, right? But it's like our styles clash because I wasn't 100% in Courtney Bell's bag. Got you. So, so me jumping into his lane, he gonna eat all day because this is all he rap about. This is what he does. I really rap, so it's it, it was it was one of those things where it was like ah, uh, I love the record still, but Jr. ate on there for sure. Yeah, he ate, bro. He ate Although, for sure, and, and, and that's not that is no disrespect at all. I think y'all both ate, but pocket wise, he was in pocket. He was in pocket a little bit more for sure. You know, for sure, like, I can agree with that. All right, so um, poverty poverty stricken versus Ten Commandments. Which one mm-hmm. is your favorite? Mm. It's hard to choose for for a few reasons because both show different forms of my identity. 
So um, if I had to choose, I'm going to go poverty stricken. Okay. And why I'm going to go poverty stricken is because like one thing, another thing that I've done musically is I put myself in such a box that like when I started to rap about my real life and what was going on, people expected me to still give them Ten Commandments rap. Every record for the most high, every record for the creator. And it's like, that's not my reality. So I kind of put my foot in my mouth with doing the Ten Commandments project first, but I'm happy that I did it first because I'm a firm believer in like my arms and my first fruit being given to the creator. And what I mean by that is like my first body of work, I always wanted my first body of work to be dedicated to my awakening with what the creator gave me with my gift. So I love I love Ten Commandments for that space and the rawness of it and finding that blend. But poverty stricken was my real life. Like like that guy that you heard um, on Letter to the Game, like that was my uncle talking about my dad leaving the dope game. That's exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't want to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like that was my father. So. You know, in a in a in a world that I grew up in personally, is it has always been a contradiction. It has always been duality. Because I got my grandma and the elders that's heavy on God, but then my father, my mama, my uncles, like these are real street legends in my neighborhood. These are people that really press buttons and 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 did things at a high level in my neighborhood. So growing up, like that's what I witnessed. So I will always pick poverty stricken because like that was my raw, raw reality, like the baby mama record. Like that was dedicated to my mom for real. Like, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Like that record was, 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 was a, was a gift to my mom. Like, like I honor you. I respect you for raising me and my brothers like you did. Cause granted my dad is still active in my life 110%, but you know, my dad ripped and ran the streets. He did everything that he did, so he wasn't a hundred percent present in my life. Mama was always there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it wasn't just for my mama; it was for my cousins as baby mamas and paying that reality. Yeah. So like that's why like even when you ask me like the Israelite thing, like I get asked that so much, and it's like so many people feel like, oh man, you ain't for the Most High no more. You're not this, and it's like, nah, bro, I'm more for the Most High now than I was then because that was a facade I was living. And what I mean by that was like I was living in a lie. I wasn't being authentically myself. But they're not reading. They they're not reading the Bible then. Oh no, for sure, for sure. And like I, I don't even. I don't, every oh, disciple oh, was not the same. They they were, they were. It was intentional that they were different. Come on, come on. So yeah. it's like when you and 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 then that's a big pet peeve with me and a lot of people that do subscribe to the uh, Hebrew Israelite belief. Um, and it's not to shun nobody that's in that space at all. Cause I still got a, a lot of deep love for a lot of elders. I still talk to a lot of my elders. I still study the, <laughs> the scripture. I study it from another perspective now, but like my biggest pet peeve is the, the subconscious level of self hate that we have for one another. Oh, like it's very deep in that community. And you have a lot of people that view it as an occult. And if you get to viewing something as an occult, then those who have brought the knowledge to the masses have done something wrong. Mm. And that's in and that's in my opinion. And you know, you got brothers and sisters that that do do it right to the best of their ability. But what's right at the end of the day, because a lot of the things that we are interpreting 
and that we are reading, especially if we aren't reading in a real language and a Hebraic breakdown, then like, what are we really learning? And I mean, like, you want to add to that? Like, I don't care what religion you subscribe to, especially the major religions. Y'all forgetting how them people started. Come on. They was they was occult leaders back in you know a thousand years ago or however many years ago. Mm -hmm. They was crazy and they was getting killed and you know they were you know it took a long ass time for them to be you know whatever denomination you are that's Bingo. mainstream. You know, Bingo. So. And 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 just to add to that, like you said, like a lot of those leaders and ascended masters were into a lot of occult wisdom. They were into a lot of magic and. If you don't really know real terms and what the scripture, just keeping it strictly with the Bible, because we're talking about the Hebrew Israelite thing. Like mm -hmm. you got a lot of people that say ancestor altars are evil or sage, burning sage is evil or meditation is evil. But all of that is throughout the scripture. If you really study your book, all of those things are in scripture. So it's like. I do my best to to move in love with a lot of people. I'm not the type to argue online with you and go back and forth because like I'm from a real place. And like I yeah. said, like I come from the streets first. So it's like I'm not about to go back and forth with you. I'm not to argue with you and give you clout because that's unconsciously or consciously what you chasing. I'm a I'm gonna speak my piece or I'm not just I'm just not gonna say nothing at all because it's the internet. And yeah. The internet is where a lot of people get crucified. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really I'm, care for I'm the, that. I'm the okay king. Okay. Yep. You got it. Peace <laughs> of love, brother. Peace <laughs> of love, man. You got it. You know, I, I, I'll give you maybe one or two responses. And once you hit me with that long ass paragraph, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for real. For real, so, bro. I don't do all of that. Who else you got since, since we put Simba out there? Any, any other features on the new project? Yeah, I got a few, and I can't even. I I made a second told you simple. <laughs> but that's a pretty that's a pretty good and big feature for sure for sure. Um, who else can I reveal on a pride? Me and Skiller Baby got one. Really? Ooh. I would not have seen that one coming, bro. Me and Skiller got one, and hell of a made the beat. It's it's gonna be one of them to where like. We complimented each other so much, you're not going to be able to say who went the hardest. It's one of those type of records. Like, we were in a crazy pocket, and we did the song in, like, five minutes. Like, it was a, it was, it's a very up-tempo, fun record, and it's a street record, but it's also one of those records to where it's like, Skilla already can rap. Like, Skilla is my brother. That's my dog. But, you know... I got a I got a thing with myself to where like when I get in the studio, you know, I don't know if it's an unconscious thing with a lot of the rappers that I done done music with in the city, but like I make them niggas rap. You should, nigga. I I don't want. I, you know what bothers me about uh, when somebody sees rapper X say I'm the best rapper alive and they get mad at that nigga. You suppose mm -hmm. I don't want to listen to nobody that think they the third best rapper. No, for sure. You know, you may, I may not believe you, but I want you to believe you. Come on. You know, so. Like, no doubt. I, I, oh, but Skilla, baby? Man, me and Skilla got something so hard. We got something hard, like real hard. I can't wait to release it. But it's going to be on this first body of work, though. But I got a lot of, I got a, I got a few features on this first body of work. The second body of work that's coming, um, 
due to me losing my Instagram and getting it back, we took some of the records that was initially for the debut project mm-hmm. coming back um, and put it on this box because it signed. See, Satan is at work. It made sense for what we were creating. Man, I swear. No, it's it sonically been... made sense. No, we, we've been like the last few, you know, the, the, since actually since I got Rita as a manager, you know, like, man, we've been killing the game, but I be having connection issues here and there. Shit, niggas disappear. Just, n- n- the, the, the audio be fucked up. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, now now I know we own to something because they did, you know, the, the, the man downstairs don't fuck with nobody that's whack. The only fuck. All right, man, I'm back. I'm back. All right. That that worked out perfectly because I went on a tangent anyway. <laughs> <laughs> when are you gonna be doing some shows? Um, next year, next year we're we're getting ready for all of that, man. Like me being away, not only from music, but just like I've always been a one foot in the music, one foot in the streets, one foot hustling type of person, and I've never taken the music serious enough. Like I've I've I view myself as a as a as a spiritual being and as Courtney and whatever my nicknames is to the hood and to my family more than I view myself as Courtney Bell the artist. Mm-hmm. So I've been having to unwire and unwind my perspectives and my bad thought patterns that I've had with myself because you know a lot of my thoughts have been self limited and it's been self destructive more than anything. So like a lot of my shows and all of that, like I didn't, I wasn't aware that I battled with anxiety real bad, being around a lot of people and performing and all of that. So I would have so many show opportunities and like I would find a reason to not do them. People suck, bro. I don't like being around people either. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna be honest. Man. But you, but you know what? Being an artist is like, you know, I just overcame that. I just overcame, um, I still get anxiety, but. Mm. You know, that's just based off what I've inflicted on my body. But I, I, I'm just now getting over the space of the the stage fright and the anxiety and everything that I battled with before. So um, 2024, expect me to be performing a lot. Yo, let me know, bro, because like, I don't go to too many shows. First off, niggas is wild nowadays. Secondly, yeah. it's just a bunch of phones in the air. No, for sure. For sure. Which is just... Oh. I, I, I understand to an extent because I found myself doing that at one particular show I went to. It was fucking Scarface. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to at least get one song of Scarface. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. At the same time, most of the show, I, I needed to just absorb being, you know, in, in, in a small setting with one of the goats. Mm-hmm. And people don't seem to, but yeah, let me know, bro. Because I absolutely, I drive up and I, I, I need to be there. I need, I need to, I need the energy that you putting out, bro. Oh, man, gratitude. I appreciate it. And that's what's going to make, like, a lot of this shit, like, super fun coming back because a lot of the music is very personal. It's very intimate. So, you know, I get to have fun and entertain um, more than just rap, like, really creating dope stage sets and my presence, my energy, just like, you know, it's going to be an experience when I when I decide to start popping out and put myself back on the stage. Like, to be honest, I I, I want to go somewhere, just a little bar. Mm-hmm. Watch you perform. Yeah, something intimate. Yeah. 
Some intimate you know, for sure. Like, I think that at, at not not every show, but I think definitely coming out coming back from being gone for a long time, it's got to be personal. Yeah, and I and, and and I feel like that's what's gonna make it dope. Like, yeah, I, um, me and the team kind of been talking about that. We haven't dove deeply into it, but you know, once I get back into the music space and releasing, and a project comes out when once the the the, the spring starts to break in. I think it'd be super dope once the project is out to um, do a dope and small, intimate. It doesn't necessarily have to be private, but like we can cap it out at 200 people, 100 people or whatever. And and and, and really make it a moment. Um, so I I for sure feel that's something that we're going to shoot for once we get this first body of workout. And I know a lot of niggas be asking you shit. I get it. Um, but what I would like to do is follow you through the hood one day. That, that when you decide to do that show, let me follow you around earlier in that day to up leading up to that show. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Film, we gonna let's film that. Yeah, nah, yeah, for sure. And it's and it's crazy because um, my label partners just came out from New York, and um, we were supposed to do like a docu series, but on the day we were supposed to shoot, it rained all day. So it was like, ah, we don't want to be out and then dealing with all of that and being in the rain and all of that and having people come out and so we're we most definitely gotta reshoot that because i most definitely um gotta take people through my neighborhood and where i'm from and you know you get to hear other people's stories of me and it's not just what i'm telling you i am because i'm not gonna tell you i'm i'm nothing i'm just gonna give you the raw reality of what it is but it's always better to hear other people speak on different parts of your journey throughout your life and other people show their admiration for you and how much they love you and how how grateful they are for your change and all of that i can say that till i'm blue in the face but to hear other people from my neighborhood say that and people that really mean something to the culture of hip-hop and just real street guys we most definitely gonna do a, a day in the life in my neighborhood well you definitely got the respect man if you if you just look at the the, the variety of of people you have done songs with you know that that popularity only gets you so far yeah for sure you know it, it, it at some point you know you, the respect has to be there mm-hmm. i agree you know, and, and definitely simba simba got bars and oh man just, simba cold know, he's just not gonna be on a, you know he's yeah gonna, uh, well, let me go on super trash his album mm-hmm. <laughs> he ain't doing that um if people want to get in touch with you um how they go about doing that um, official Courtney Bell on everything. I'm official Courtney Bell on everything. Um, Courtney Bell on Facebook. I'm really on there, only on there for family. But Instagram, official Courtney Bell. YouTube, Courtney Bell. Twitter, Courtney Bell 313. Um, yeah, it's my regular name across all platforms. That's dope. Yo, I can't possibly thank you enough, man, for coming by, bro. This has been a dope conversation. Oh, man, gratitude, big brother. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate this for putting this together. Yeah, man, and if there's anything, I'm, I don't know what, but if there's anything that I can do for you, bro, please don't hesitate to let me know. No, mo- most definitely, and I'm going to make sure that she connect us, too, because we most definitely going to connect your dots and make it happen. All right, yeah, I'm going to tell her to uh, send you my number. All right, most definitely. No doubt, man. I appreciate you, man. You have a good one. You as well. Peace and love. Peace and love. Yo, yo, yo. Come on, man. Like, like. I don't want to hear no shit about uh, this generation not making real music. Um, 
please do your soul, your ears, and everything else a favor and go Google, go YouTube, go Spotify, go search Courtney Bell. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. And matter of fact, you'll probably email me or inbox me or DM me and say, yo, you was right. That nigga is fucking crazy. Break the foundation. What's going on, bruh? Like, like y'all don't know, man. Like, Brick, Brick. Brick, Brick is a legend in this motherfucking streets. Like, let's, let's be honest with that shit, too, man. Um, shout out to you, Brick. Uh, yo, and I, I will never forget the honor of, 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 of him finding out he was about to be a father and me being there when he found out. Never, I will never stop telling that story because um, it just, that actually meant something to me in my life. Um, there are certain points in your life where things happen that have nothing to do with you, but you feel honored to be in the presence of, of something great. And that was one of those times. Yo, and, and bruh, come on, man. Yo, come on. You already know, man. Like, I fucks with Brick the Foundation. This nigga moves halfway across the the, 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 the galaxy and shit. Um, <laughs> no, shout out to you, man. On that note, man, um, yo, we got Blitz from BK coming up at 7 o'clock. Uh, we got Bizarre coming on next week. And, yo, uh, I don't know. I, I forgot the, the whole name. I don't want to screw, screw this up too much. So, hold on. Uh, let me look at my pictures and make sure I got this correctly. Because I want to say Loose Cannon. And I'm right. Yeah, he's coming on at 7 o'clock next week. And we got Bizarre, I believe, at 5 o'clock next week. So, yo, we've been doing our thing, man. Oh, first interview of the year, we got Royce to 5-9. Come on, man. Y'all better stop it, man. If you've been fucking with the show um, over the years, you, you see the growth. Um, and one thing I ain't did, I ain't hate on nobody. I ain't shit on nobody. I ain't take shit from nobody. I just be doing great interviews over and over again. Anyway, on that note, I'll see y'all in an hour. Y'all have a good one. Shout out to you, Brick. Yo, shout out to Courtney Bell, man. Go, go, go fuck with the brother's music. All right, peace.